Welcome to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Your host, Jesse Jameson, has a real treat for you. You are about to hear a great story. And if Jesse brings his A-game, some good commentary too. And later on, we'll let you know how you can join Jesse as a guest. Now, without further ado, here's Jesse. Welcome back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Today's friend is Barry from Long Beach. Barry's story is My Love Affair with Fish. Barry, I got to be honest, I'm perplexed. This is quite the title here. Thank you for coming on. The floor is yours, Barry. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, so I've always been interested in uh, fish with respect to uh, aquarium fish. And I worked in an aquarium when I was much younger. And I decided to get a saltwater aquarium, which is more difficult than freshwater. And saltwater comes from the ocean, and freshwater comes from lakes and streams. So saltwater is very particular you have to uh, convert fresh water into salt water. And it has to be perfectly balanced between nitrites, nitrates, ammonia, pH. You have to have a perfect balance and harmony for them to survive. It actually takes four, five, six months before you can put a fish in the tank because the water has to be cured, so to speak, and, and balanced. So, yeah, I really got into it. And I started off with, you know, some of the tough like eels and lionfish, which can survive, you know, a new tank where the water might not be perfect. So I had an eel. Hey, Barry, real quick. Did you, okay, most people don't say, hey, so I had an eel as the first thing they talk about, right? You didn't have a goldfish and a little freshwater something or nothing when you were a little bit younger than this? Oh, yeah, you know, I had guppies, which are easy, and they give birth to live babies right in the tank. You get start off with two, you'll end up with like 40. So I had guppies, real easy stuff when I was younger, a little bit above a, a goldfish. And they were real easy, you know, to take care of. And then I thought, you know, why not elevate to salt water? And so with salt water, you know, when you get a new tank, it's tough to keep the really delicate fish alive, like, you know, tangs and clowns. So you want to start off with something like an eel, which can really handle a new tank, you know. So I get myself an eel, a snowflake, you know, moray eel. And he grows up and I had a lionfish in there and those fish are poisonous. So I started off with a really aggressive tank. And lo and behold, I'm feeding this eel, which, you know, it's tough. You have to put the food in the tank. And the freaking thing bit me. It, it, it actually bit me. You know, and they have teeth. Yeah. That has got to be horrific. Now, tell me if I'm right or wrong, but when I think of the moray eel, is that the one where it kind of, it looks like it's living in a cave-like rock where like a hole in the rock and then all of a sudden it pops its head out and it just looks like this ungodly, scary, devilish looking thing? That's exactly what I'm talking about. But you'd be surprised. They're cute. I mean, they're cute in, oh, a, very, in, a, in a funny yeah, way. <laughs> very cute in that ugly sort of way, right? So yeah. when it when it bites, does it have teeth like a snake or is it dull teeth? Um, I'm, I'm picturing some horrific bite. Can you tell us a little bit about the bite? Yeah, it, it has small teeth, um, maybe six of them, and it really hurts. It's like, you know, just being nipped in a way, but it's still it's painful. You know, and it just barely breaks the skin. So, you know, I, well, mine was relatively small. If you have a bigger one, you're going to be hurt more. But mine was about maybe, I don't know, four, no, maybe three feet. Something like, no, it grew up, yeah, it grew up to about two to three feet. But when they're small, you know, it doesn't hurt. It hurts, but not as bad as like a real big one, you know. What's the lionfish? Is that something where it's got a bunch of tentacles hanging out of its face? Can you give us a visual? Yeah, lionfish is very poisonous. It has tentacles coming in every direction. 
and the ones that sting you are the ones on the top of his head. And they look slow, but they're wicked fast. And they're very poisonous. And they're beautiful, though. I mean, they have tentacles in every direction. They're just beautiful. And they're, they're very abundant in the Caribbean. I mean, they're really abundant. And you just have to be careful. And I was just cleaning. It wasn't his fault. You know, I was just trying to clean, and he kept getting in my way. So I went to shoo him out of the way, and bam, he stung me. And I'm freaking out. And I call, I'm thinking, who do I call? I call the aquarium because uh, they don't know what to do in the hospital. And he says to me, did he get you with all his stingers? He, I'm like, wait a minute. Barry, what do you, Barry, wait a minute. What do you mean they don't know what to do at the hospital? If I get stung by one of these things, I'm running to the hospital. You're telling me they're going to call the aquarium? Well, think about it. The aquarium guy, they get stung more often than you think. And that's where I bought it. So he knows the fish. I'm thinking the hospital's not going to know what to do with the fish thing, you know? So, yeah. Hey, Barry, there are certain jellyfish where they suggest you pee on yourself. Is this story going to get weird? Well, no, but that's actually a wives' tale. But anyway, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I actually thought about that, but then I Googled it. It's a, it's a wives' tale. So the guy says to me, how big is he? I, he goes, is he three, four inches? I go, four inches? He's a freaking foot. And he starts to study. He goes, what? And when he started, he got me scared. Because he's like, a foot. <laughs> and then, you know, so he said, did he get, how many stingers did he get you with? I, I go, he got you, he got me with one. He goes, okay, I think you're going to be okay. Put your arm on the scorching. How, I mean, the pain is incredible. My arm blew up. And he said, put it on the very hot water. If it starts to go down, you don't have to go to the hospital. But if he got me with all his stingers, I would have been in the hospital. So, but these guys get stung in the, in the aquarium, believe it or not, you know? When yeah. I was little... I've never seen a skunk in my life other than on TV, but I was told that if a skunk gets you, you either have to wash in peanut butter or tomato sauce. I forget which one, but I would have been so freaked out if this lionfish would have stung me. I would have been reaching for tomato sauce and peanut butter. Yeah, or vinegar. <laughs> or you know? something, right? But I had him for like two years, and when he stung me, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That didn't just happen. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, because I was always trying to be careful, you know. But it wasn't his fault. He didn't try, and I just flicked him. I just tried to shoo him out of the way. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I think vinegar might work. You could, I don't know what you would do with a skunk, but that must be awful. God, I, I don't even want to think about what would happen with a skunk. So tell me, what, what was the remedy that, uh, that the, the uh, aquarium recommended? Vinegar? It was... Hot water as hot as you could stand. Okay, and, that, and, and is that probably just to kill any bacteria that might be forming? That's probably the real danger, right? If you get you know, some sort of infection. Sure. I think it was more for the pain and to bring the swelling down for some reason. I'm not sure. It seemed to work, but it took a half an hour of really serious pain, you know, serious pain. And it wasn't like a snake bite where it sends a, you know, it, didn't, it wasn't as bad because he only got me with one stinger. So it didn't send like poison through my body. Wait know? a minute, Barry, hold on. We just opened a whole other can of worms here. You said it's not as bad as a snake bite. I don't think you should play with animals anymore. Did you get, did you get snake bit a couple times too? No, no, I'm just saying what I know about, rat I mean, some snakes can kill you. This one can hurt you badly. And, you know, if you're weak and immune or something, it could kill you. But, yeah, no, I never played with snakes. I mean, I wouldn't do that, but... Uh, you know, but it's it's lot lighter than a snake bite. I'll just put it that way. You know, what what would happen between the two animals? Will one of them like are they enemies or are they? Is it a symbiotic relationship where the lionfish and the eel hang out together, or 
Can you give us that scenario? Yeah, it's funny you say that. They got along as long as they're pretty much the same size. I mean, I always wondered who would win over the other, but they got along because they're both aggressive. They got along fine. The eel was under the rocks and the, they didn't bother each other. But it's interesting you say that because when a fish, I had once the lion got larger and the fish stayed the same size and I come home and the lion just ate it. But they were, going, <laughs> they were getting along for like a year. And then all of a sudden I'm like, what the hell happened to that little fish? And I see the lion's stomach was really big. And the aquarium store said the lion kept getting bigger. And the fish didn't grow. So as soon as he was small, as soon as he was able to fit in the lion's mouth, he was done. So you had a job in an aquarium. Otherwise, you might have never gone this route at all. So that's kind of a butterfly effect. But before the aquarium, was there any scenarios that made you naturally love animals or specifically the ocean? Well, I love animals more than people, to be honest with you. Um, but I've always been interested in fish. It's very, you know, it's very tranquil and soothing. I've always had them since I was young. And, you know, there wasn't anything that prompted, there wasn't any like critical moment in my life. I just loved them and I've just kept loving them even more. And they have personalities, you know. Your mom, your mom and dad are like, you know, honey, Barry doesn't speak well with, and he doesn't have very many friends. Let's get him a fish because, you know, they can talk to one another. No, yeah, just yeah. Did you ever have a puppy or a cat or, or a parrot or any other type of animal? Yeah, we had a pet. My parents gave it away. It was very traumatic. We had a dog, <laughs> you know. Um, why did they dog. give it away? Did it pee I don't, on the floor? To, to, I came home, it was gone. It's very traumatic, you know, as a kid, you get attached to these things, you know. Um, but I never really had, uh, you know, terrible insight. I just love animals. I've just always loved them. And I live near the ocean, you know, in Long Beach and, you know, fish have been part of my life, you know, um, you know, it's just, a, it's just something I love about them. Do you like the ugly ones or just the stunningly beautiful ones? Cause I always think of a tang, you know, that isn't that that really skinny yellow type yeah. fish that people buy? What, what type of fish kind of do it for you, Barry? Well, I have very exotic, my tank is about $9,000 to set up. And these fish come from Indonesia. They come, they're very exotic. They come from all over the world. And they're very bright. I have a yellow tang. I have the Nemo fish, the clownfish. And I've just elevated to corals, which are very tough. Corals are the ones that flow in the water. The plants are near the light, you know, like coral reef kind of stuff. And that's like another level above having fish. It's very tough to take care of them. How many you know, fish, if you, if you had to put a number on it, how many fish do you own? Oh, I have like maybe nine, maybe 12, but I have, you know, what's called crustaceans. So I have, you know, like shrimp and, you know, different types of exotic crabs and all sorts of stuff that's very exotic, you know, starfish, um, things like that, that are very exotic. And I have um, two that have a symbiotic relationship. Uh, they live together. It's a, sh it's very unique. It's a fish and a shrimp. Very unique that two different species live together and they live together in the ocean. I saw it on Discovery Channel. Anything I, that's in the ocean, I can have. So I, I had the goby first and you have to pair them. They have to fall in love basically. So I got the goby. The shrimp was hard to find. Got the shrimp and now they live together in a burrow. The, the, the fish is called a watchman goby because it watches over the burrow. The shrimp's job is to build the burrow. And the shrimp is in the burrow and comes out a little bit. They always touch each other. They never separate. And the, the fish protects the shrimp, and the shrimp builds this little burrow, and they live together. It's amazing. <laughs> I love your story. So, Barry, let me ask you this. Is it fair that somebody like you can own a dozen fish, and, you know, you're seen as cool and sophisticated and, and awesome, 
And then a, a woman will own a dozen cats as she, and she's seen as a cat lady and nobody likes her anymore. Is that fair, Barry? Is there an unfair advantage you have in liking fish compared to a cat lady that likes cats? You know, it's funny you say, should say that. Fair and fair. She loves them. They love her. She's happy. Anyone wants to look at it differently. But th- don't think people don't look at me like I'm freaked that I have pet shrimp, you know? <laughs> So, you know, people think I'm, I'm a little weird to have pet shrimp and pet eels. So let's say you were single. You're married, right, Barry? Uh, no, as far as I know. I'm okay, you're here. single. So okay. let's, say, let's say somebody special wanted to take you out on a date and they take you to Red Lobster and you see those poor lobsters all tied up getting ready to die. Do you, do you end up not wanting to date that person or do you actually eat some animals that you protect? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, dichot- a dichotomy there. You know, it's a contradiction. I'll eat the fish, but I'll have the fish, you know. But I do feel bad. When I see the lobsters, I do feel bad. But it is, a, it is a dichotomy that I have to struggle with, you know. But I wouldn't stop dating someone over it. But I do, you know, get upset when people are fishing. Again, even though I'll eat them, it, I feel terrible when the fish come out of the water, you know. I don't know. It's a strange thing. <laughs> they're they're, they're a fish out of water. They're struggling for, for air. Or yeah. And I'm a fish out of water, but funny you should say the dating because girls, you know, when they see, they think I'm crazy when I talk about the shrimp, but when they see this symbiotic, when they see the little fish and the shrimp living together, they really connect with that somehow. <laughs> Let's take it deeper. They're willing to give you a chance. I know, I know some of my friends are cat ladies. And Barry, they're looking at you right now. Oh, no, they can't look at you. But even by your voice, you can tell you're a handsome guy. Do you give a cat lady a chance if she has, let's say, 12 cats? Meow. You know, that's, uh, that would be a no-go. Because <laughs> Barry, that's just admire, wrong. No, no, I admire the fact that she has, you know, that many cats and she loves cats. But dating her, if you just take it forward and being with her, you know, and being in a house with her and, you know, you know, getting intimate and all that, it's rough. I mean, don't think I haven't been through that, you know. And sometimes they love their, their cats more than you. I mean, they, the cat gets the most attention sometimes, you know, and it's tough with them all over the place, you know. It's kind of rough sometimes, you know. Um, so, yeah. So One cat's fine. People, people do love their animals a lot. And I think it would be easier to love a dog than a fish or an eel. However, as humans, we do grow accustomed to seeing our pets each day. Have you lost any pets over the years? Um, and was there one that was particularly maybe harder than another when, when, when you lost it? And I'm talking specifically about, you know, aquarium animals. Oh, shoot. So we in New York, we had a hurricane. I get connected to them. I mean, the clownfish are monogamous. There's a, they're a husband and wife, and this is true in nature. They live together. I, did, I know this is what's going to sound weird to some girls. I got, I've been attached to them. You know, they have personalities. And we had a hurricane in New York, uh, Hurricane Sandy, uh, about five or six years ago. And with these tanks, you need electricity going, heaters and filters. Everything shut down for like a month. And so I'm freaking out. And, you know, the fish have like, eight hours to live and a couple of them already died, you know, and I put them under the ones I could grab. I put them under my coat. They're not easy to catch either. You know, I put them under, I put them in bags. I put them under my coat and I'm racing to the aquarium to save them. 
And the poor things, they lasted maybe a few days. They went into shock. But everyone was lined up to bring their fish to the aquarium when, the, when we had this hurricane. People don't realize how much electricity you need, you know. So it was that pretty is, traumatic. That is, that is traumatic. Actually, but, it was more than eight. Yeah, it was maybe 14 hours when I was able to get to them because everything was, you know, it was a hurricane. So maybe if, it was like 14. What if I told you that more than likely it was your body heat that killed them? And if you would have just kept them out of those armpits of yours, they would have been fine. What you know, you're right. And driving at 80 miles an hour probably freaked them out. <laughs> if you um, go 88 miles per hour, that's when we see some serious stuff. Yeah. Very, I, lo I love how this story's going. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue with Barry and this outrageously fun story on my love affair with fish. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Are you tired of feeling disconnected and shut down? Since every choice has ripple effects, lasting happiness is a product of the choices we make each day. Tune in to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead introduced you to authors, musicians, artists, and innovators, all actively engaged in designing a world that works for everyone. Make sure you're along for the ride, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. When it comes to financial planning, most of us would probably rather have a root canal. Math, budgets, keeping ourselves and our loved ones secure after retirement, planning for retirement, risk, reward, and the like. How do you find the answers you need? Tune into Fiscal Fitness with John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina. They'll help you feel more secure in your investments and your future. Listen every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear, and listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thanks for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Welcome back to Jesse Jameson and Friends and Fish, but specifically Saltfish. So, Barry, the last segment. 
you had progressed to the point where you bought what a nine thousand dollar fish tank barry if i were a woman right there that that would be the the kill switch right there i'd be like this guy's crazy so what what possesses somebody to buy a nine thousand dollar fish tank and did you have to get did, did you finance that uh yeah, I didn't finance it, but it was a progressive uh, thing where I started off with just, um, you know, freshwater fish, and then I went to the saltwater. Saltwater starts to get very pricey. So I started getting beautiful fish, tangs, and clownfish and all that. And then I decided to get corals. It's like a coral reef. So I, want, I decided to combine the coral reef with the fish. And you need a larger tank typically to, for saltwater. So, you know, the tank is about 70 gallons, and... With the fish and the corals and every the whole setup uh, is about nine thousand uh, dollars, and the fish are very. Some of the corals could be three hundred dollars just for a little small coral, you know. So you know that's what I started doing, and it's challenging, and it's a it's a great hobby, and I you know I've been attached to them. Yeah. Does the coral grow? You say small coral three hundred bucks. Is that more like okay if I spend a thousand I get a large coral, or are they slowly but surely supposed to grow? Yeah, it's based on the size and how uh, exotic and how rare the coral is, but it is based on the size. So you can get, they call them fragments, frags, that are maybe $40, and after two years, they'll grow to be worth about 200 or you can just buy them for $300 worth. So it is based on the size, you know, the price. And strangely, they have these frag parties. It's the kookiest thing. So people take clippings, because you could take a clipping like a plant, so they'll clip some of the coral and go to these events. I've been to one. It's just, it's just the kooky thing. And we exchange them, you know, and with a clipping, you can grow them, you know, but they're beautiful. If you ever go snorkeling, you see them, you know, in the coral reef, you know, they're just spectacular colors. So are you saying that climate change is bogus and that we could all just grow coral and go to parties and meet women and tell them that we own fish? It sounds to me like life is great for Barry. Barry, is, is, are you saying that climate change and global war- warming and the loss of the coral reef is hooey and that we could all just be creating our own coral or not exactly? You know, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about global warming. But, you know, when, when you get attached to these corals, like when I, if I snorkel, you, you can't touch them. You know, I think we're more conservationists when you really get into this stuff and you really get concerned about them. Wait a minute. You can't touch them, but you're, you just said a second ago, you're cutting them and giving them to girls. You have to be so careful with these things. They don't like being touched. Trust me. And, you know, I'm giving them to people that know what they're doing, you know, but they don't, they're very sensitive, incredibly sensitive. They just don't like being touched. So that's why if you have a snorkel, they tell you, do not touch the coral, you know. And some of them are actually a little poisonous. Someone told me the other day that a desert tortoise can live like 80 years. And someone told me in the past that a parrot can live like a hundred years. So yeah. you don't you don't really want to get those at middle age unless you know you've got a, a somebody to will those to, right? In in the case of the eel or the lionfish or any of your fish, do any of them live outrageously long? What's their lifespan? Yeah, they could live ten years, twelve years, even maybe even more. You know, um, yeah, they could live ten. It surprised me how long they could. I think ten is pretty long. You know, twelve years sometimes. You know. Yeah. Whenever uh, you get a dog, you know, you know, if you get a pretty good sized dog, you got about 10 years. My thinking is the fish sounds more pleasant. Is that do you ever have to put do you ever have to pick up poop in the backyard with these fish or, or no? Oh, that's really funny. No, but you have to euthanize them sometimes. And that gets very painful. 
wait a minute. Is it really pain? You just flush them down the toilet, don't you? Or are they too big? That's inhumane because they'll live in the water. You just, I thought they were dying. And how do you, why do you have to kill something if it's not dead yet? What's the point of that? You know, there's a point you know they're not going to make it. So I went into this, you know, I looked up online. They give you four choices to euthanize them. One is (laughs) put them in the freezer. Another one is put them in the freezer. That sounds crueler than the toilet, Barry. No, I don't know. What's the second one? I heard it's rough because they're in water. So you put them in the toilet or another one is bash them. That's terrible. I never did that one. Just bash them, you know, um, you know, so there's, I'm trying to think some of the others, but uh, you have to euthanize them. It's a very, you know, you get attached to them and then, you know, you have to do that. You know, we had a, we had a little parakeet once. And then one day we come home and I don't know, it's wing just was messed up out of the blue. And the, and I didn't know what to do because I love animals. I don't want to hurt anything, you know. And the next day the parakeet was gone and I, and I go up to my, my ex-wife and I go, honey, what happened to the parakeet? She put the parakeet in a black hefty bag and just baseball batted it against the dumpster till it stopped moving. And I go, honey, I, I don't know if you can go to heaven doing something. <laughs> Why did she do that? I Why? don't know. I guess she wanted to put it out of its misery. And, she, you know, was it going to die? Was it going to die? It, I, I, I think it was going to die. I mean, it literally, we, we came home and it was basically lame and she silenced the bird. Um, let's have a oh. brief moment of silence for the bird. Oh, but how did it hit it with a bat? I mean, <laughs> no, no, she didn't hit it with a bat by putting it in a hefty bag. Imagine the bird at the opposite end of the bag and you're holding the handle. She swings it in a way where basically the bird and the bag was the bat, so to speak. Oh my God. So the last thing the bird saw was just the inside of the hefty bag and probably did got you, knocked out. Did you bury it? I don't know what she did. I hope she didn't flush it down the toilet, but that could be why we had plumbing problems. So you know, I had one, I had one as a kid too, and we had it in the cage and we put it outside in the sun and the freaking thing baked. And died. <laughs> You're fibbing, Barry. Take it no, back. Is that true? It's, it's totally a thousand percent true. A thousand percent. We put it out on this ledge. We didn't weren't thinking that it's in the sun, no place to go, get any shade, and the thing freaking baked. So I live in Arizona, right? So I can handle one ten, you know, a couple times a year, right? Where most people around the country they don't even want to think about one ten. But we went to Illinois about twenty five years ago. Uh, when my son was a baby, 20, 20 years ago, excuse me. And they told me that it was 78 degrees, Barry. And me and my son, who was a baby at the time, we are just sweating like candles burning, right? I mean, just we are sweating. And these people, my ex's, I say my ex like I'm mad at her, my ex's family, my in-laws at the time, they were too cheap to put that air conditioning on and we were dying. And I felt so wrong because I'm like, I know I can handle 78 degrees, but Barry, the humidity in Illinois, oh. it was, I was not used to it. It was just killing us. Oh, see with the humidity, 78 is really like close to 90. So it felt wow. miserable. And it was just one of these things where I'm not used to sweat, like just coming down in buckets. Uh, I'm used to it kind of evaporating at certain levels here in Arizona. You know, you don't think about that, you know, with the dryness, it's the humidity really adds to it, you know, to the heat factor. 
Yeah, like when your fish are out of the water, I don't know why they can't enjoy the humidity for a little bit. They've or the you know, uh, the dryness for a little bit. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, um, oh, by the way, though, Barry, I know you're a fan of all things educational. There are fish that have been known to breathe oxygen on the land for a couple of minutes. I forget what the hell they're called. Have you heard yeah. of these fish? They're like some sort of invasive species. I've seen that where they either jump out to, to escape, you know, being caught, you know, being, if they have a predator chasing them, they jump out of the water for a few minutes. You know, I've seen that. And they have they, found a way to adapt some sort of external lung or something where they can at least be out of the water for an extended period of time. Yeah, yeah. So, Barry, do so, you ever get sick of the fish? Is there ever a time where you just say, when that last shrimp dies, I'm going to eat it and be done with it? Well, I have to tell you, recently, I had a serious incident that really made me think, do I really want these things? So, Wait, hold I, on. Hold on. These things, they're no longer loves? They're yeah, well, what now? happened recently really, really threw me off the edge, you know? Um, I messed up. My tank was 20 years old, and I started seeing a little water leaking, you know, on the bottom. So I took a picture, I go to the aquarium, and the guy goes, you better replace that tank before it, it blows up, right? So I got lazy, I waited two, three, four weeks, this is recently, and I wake up in the morning and half the freaking tank is on the floor with water pouring out of the tank. Un oh my God, are, you in, are you, you in a house or an apartment? I'm in an apartment building, I'm on the ninth floor. Oh my so God, Barry, where's the, the water? And dripping down below my floor, and it's during COVID. So the building was on lockdown. So <laughs> I'm racing around. Thankfully, the water started trickling instead of pouring. So there was like at least five inches on the bottom that my fish were able to live for a few, you know, for a little while because there was some water left on the bottom and it stopped pouring out. It was just leaking out. So I'm racing around. I'm like, I'm going through a checklist in my mind. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And these are thousands of dollars. So I'm running around. I go in the building wasn't allowing me to have outside visitors. So I go down, I try to get the porties, like my back is hurting me. So I'm calling aquariums, try to get the same tank. I show up, I had to bring someone in to help me from the outside. So my building hit me with a $250 fine for bringing someone in during COVID, okay? Wait, and you're, one of, you're one of the few people I've, I've never spoken to anybody that's gotten a COVID fine. So Barry, you've been, you've been given a COVID fine. 250 bucks. Now I have a question for you. There's a little bit of water at the bottom corner of the tank. You've got fish and different creatures in there that are literally sucking out the fumes of whatever oxygen they can get out of that. That reminds me of when they show people on the ocean in a topped over boat and they're underneath the boat, right, in the water and they're just sucking that little yes. bit of oxygen at the bottom of that boat, right? Right. And, that, so and you're thinking, I can't let my shrimps die. No, so you're and making so, calls to aquariums like COVID be damned. I'm going to save these fish. Well, I had enough water to save them. And I had to, I had to put them in Tupperware pots. <laughs> and and I, I swear I had Tupperware all. I had pots and anything, buckets, anything I could find that would hold water. Barry, Barry, let's be honest. If you're a little fish, isn't a Tupperware almost like a coffin would be for a human? Wouldn't that be like saying, hey, humans, jump in these coffins. I'm going to save you. Would that be kind of similar? Well, uh, I used the same water they were living in, and I had to put air. I had to put air into the Tupperware, like get air in there circulating for them. And I'm sure they weren't happy, you know, because two of them didn't make it, and that was rough. 
one of them I accidentally crushed trying to put rocks back in the tank. So it took me 14 hours to set up a new, 14 hours to set up a new tank and to lift this one. These tanks are like a thousand pounds. So it was a nightmare. And so the building find me on top of it, find me $250 to bring in, you know, because I had someone from the outside. And then I saved most of them. And when I put some rocks back, I had a starfish. I think I crushed them. I didn't see him. I, I lost another one. They find me again. So I'm fighting the 250. And I stupidly said, yeah, I had a 70-gallon tank and blah, blah, blah. So building said, uh, you know, well, you're only allowed 50 gallons. So now we'll find you another $50. And, <laughs> hey, Barry, and I have to I get have, rid of the 70. Yes. I have something that will make you feel better about the starfish and the couple of fish that perished. When I was a little boy, uh, my uncle told me that animals don't feel pain. So the good news is, since animals can't feel pain, I'm sure fish can't feel pain either. Now, I never confirmed if animals can't feel pain, but if it makes you feel better, I'm, I'm glad I got to tell you. So did any fish survive? Most of them survived except two. One of them I think I just forgot about or I couldn't, I didn't put him in the Tupperware. I just must have forgot about him. On <laughs> purpose? On purpose, no. Barry? When I set the tank up, I'm like, oh, shoot. Where's that one? I think I forgot about him. <laughs> and the starfish. And now I'm fighting my building. They want me to get rid of it because it's 70 gallons. So I'm having a big, big problem now still. And it's just making me think, do I really want to deal with all this? Okay. So let, let, take me down the, uh, the crossroads here. One path is either way, you got to get a smaller aquarium. The other path is maybe retiring your obsession slash hobby slash love affair with fish. Yeah, the third is I'm fighting them on it. I'm trying to say, well, it's not really 70 with the rocks and all the displacement. I'm trying every angle I can to let them <laughs> let me keep it. You know? Wait a minute. You're saying with the rocks and displacement, it's only about 50 gallons worth of water, correct? Is that the correct. argument? I'm God, arguing great. the vote. I'm arguing I, the volume over the size of the tank. I love the way your brain thinks because there's there's a little something to that. I think there's a judge out there that would take that would take that argument. So, My other argument is that they're comfort fish. You know, comfort I was fish. just going to say, what if you say that there's going to be psychological trauma to your life if they take away these fish? You might even be able to sue for millions of bucks. I know. Well, I'm saying that the fish were prescribed to me by a psychiatrist. They because were not, Barry. You're full of it. They were not. Is that no, no, but Barry, that sounds no, like bar talk. You have to understand if you look up comfort animals, fish are included. Dogs, um, cats, and fish. Fish are one of comfort animals that are potential comfort animals. So I'm trying that angle, I'm trying every angle I can. When I do a 24 hour fast, which is a great way to, you know, kind of get your body reset, or at least I feel that way. I would, I would consider fish comfort food. No. You know what? That could be. <laughs> <laughs> no, comfort food. I could see shrimp are very comforting. Um, lobster. Lobster's yeah, comforting. I think so. I have a shellfish allergy, so, fish so crayfish and shellfish have nothing to fear from me again. Oh, shoot. I do, I do go to um, Walmart and I buy... I don't. I guess it's white fish, but it's like lobster imitation. But you know, after talking to you, I feel like I'm doing the righteous thing because they're wonderful, beautiful creatures, and it is possible to love them. You, you've proven well, that. 
you could also be an Orthodox Jew because I'm Jewish. Jewish people, you're not allowed to eat crayfish. Right. I mean, I'm not Orthodox, but if I was, you couldn't eat, you know, crayfish. Right. That's funny. That would upset Yahweh. Um, But you're missing out. So you don't eat sushi? No, but I have had all that before, right? What happened is I went to a restaurant one day and I got hives and the doctor said, it sounds like you probably have an allergic reaction. I went and had uh, some hospital work done and they use what's called contrast dye so that they can see what's going on, you know, when they do an MRI or this, that, and the other, or whatever, body scan, whatever it's called. And I was allergic to contrast dye as well. And they said that the two kind of correlate. If you're allergic to shellfish, you're probably going to be allergic to contrast dye as well. Wow. This interesting this interesting story was brought to us by the good people at Tylenol with acetaminophen. Totally kidding. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Barry. Hold on. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. In business, many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you ever been interested in technology or the application? Technology is always changing and there is definitely a place for you in it. Listen for Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. Sharon and her guests teach you the skill set and present resources that help you incorporate and enhance technological know-how in your current career as well as prepare you for future success. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Barry, I got to be honest with you. I always thought fish were boring. I was wrong. Barry, um, so basically you've had this calamity. Part of the issue was the COVID, but even if COVID wasn't an issue, I don't think it's easy to get a giant 9,000 foot tank or $9,000 tank. How big is this thing? Is this thing huge? How big? No, it's not particularly, it's 70 gallons. It's not particularly huge. 
you know, for aquariums, it's, it's a little above average, you know, it's not entirely huge. It's probably, um, I'm looking at it now, it's probably about four or five, uh, four or five feet wide and about, you know, maybe four feet high. So it's not entirely, it's not the biggest, you, you can get Is much there- bigger. Is there a chance you got ripped off, Barry? I know as a guy, we don't want to admit when we, you know, need directions and we don't want to admit when we got haggled out of something, but is there a chance that you paid $9,000 for a $400 fish tank? Is there a chance? You know, not 400, but maybe not 9,000, but it's really, (laughs) I could have gone better if I didn't get the salt water, you know, Um, you know, and I had them set it up for me. So I think if I did it, you know, I had them help set it up. They did a lot. So, if I did it myself, I would have saved some money, you know, but it was 9,000 over time. It wasn't like all in one shot. Barry, here in Arizona, they have, um, oh, good. Barry financed it, everybody, at 19% interest. Yeah. Um, Barry, here in Arizona, a lot of people have the saltwater pools. Now, I know you were saying that the alkaline and the this and that have to be perfectly balanced, yada, yada, and you can't even put a fish in it for six months. But if I throw a saltwater fish into a saltwater pool, can it live? Uh, it would have to be the same water that it came from, you know, and the pool would have to, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. It doesn't sound right. Um, they'd have to be in the same, they have to be in like Caribbean water. It has to be the right temperature, the right salt level, the right everything. Would it be morally or ethically wrong to just grab a saltwater fish and throw it in the swimming pool? I think it would. And that concerns me, that show on TV, you know, tanked and all that, they just toss them in, you know, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think Wait, it would. I, I now, on tanked, I know that they build some really cool tanks, but yeah. you're telling me that you've seen some shoddy stuff on there, how they'll just throw fish in there like, like they're not human or something? Well, you have to acclimate them. You gotta, they got to float in there a little bit. They got to get used to it. You know, you got to put on soft music, you know, <laughs> in the lights. Yeah, I mean, they're going into a new home, you know. It's like all of us going into a new home. You get a little stressed, you know. Hey, don't certain fish die after they spawn or mate or whatever? And does that happen with saltwater fish or are they cool cats that know how to love and live? There are, I can't recall. I know that the, I know that the Siamese spider fish that people have, you know, those bettas, when they mate, the female dies, you know, as they're mating. I don't know. I think an octopus also dies. The female dies when it gives birth, you know? Yeah. I was going to buy those fighting fish because they used to sell them at the Walmarts. I think they'd no longer sell them. But they yeah. used to sell these little, tiny little fighting fish, and they look yeah. really pretty and cool. And I wanted to buy two just to see who would win. No. But I'm, but I'm so ethically superior than most people that I'm just like, I can't do that. Yeah. I have a, no. hard, I have a hard time killing things because as I get older, I realize how precious life is. Yeah, that's a a cruel death, too. But, Barry, I got to be honest. I would not date the Catwoman either. There's something really gnarly about the smell of two or more cats, right? If you have one cat, it's doable. If you have two or more, it makes you want to jump in a saltwater pool. Am I correct? You know, it's the smell that jumping on you. I love cats. I love them. But more than, like, two, I think, is pushing it. You know, and you got to think about a mental state to have that many, you know. Yeah, I've talked to a couple people over the past couple weeks that have had dogs and cats. And when I had a dog and cat back in the day, the dog, I don't know what it is. They love cat poop, Barry. I think it tastes like filet mignon. 
And apparently when people How do you know own, it tastes like filet No, I'm just saying the, the way they <laughs> eat it so regularly. So apparently if people own a cat and a dog, you're just going to have to get used to poop-flavored kisses from the dog because they eat cat poop. It's just the truth. And then they lick out of the toilet and then they drink out of the toilet together. And then, and then they trouble. and then they kiss you. And I don't know if you've ever had a poop scented kiss from a dog, Barry. It's horrible. And that's uh, why that's why right now I don't have any animals. I just don't want to deal, you know, with that. You're smart. Yes, I never I never knew dogs do that. That's crazy. They eat cat poop. Well, Barry, you know that dogs have a pretty voracious appetite at times. Yeah. You figure something with rocks in it would turn you off. Um so, Barry, right now, you've had three weeks to ponder since this accident happened. Do you think you're going to go with a smaller aquarium and make it work? Are you really going to fight them tooth and nail to keep the same aquarium? Because I think we both would agree that's probably not going to get too far in an argument. I'm praying for you, but I don't know if it'll go that far. What, what's the game plan? I want to keep this tank so badly. You're not going to believe what I'm thinking of doing. what are you thinking of doing Barry? you're not going to believe this so they said they're going to send up two people which they did already to examine this freaking tank i'm gonna move the tank somehow into my bathroom replace it with the right size let them examine it and then get rid of the other one and put this one back do you follow what i'm thinking of so you're going to basically you're going to use the bathtub as a transitional pool until the new one comes in that's okay. Not the, not the bathtub. I'm going to move the entire tank, which is going to be a monster, um, you know, endeavor. Wait a I'm minute. How many, ba- how many bathrooms do you have in your apartment, Barry? Don't say one. No, I have two. Okay. I'm going to move it. I'm going to have to empty half of it to pick. These things are very heavy. I'm going to hide it. Basically, I'm hiding it. And I'm going to replace it with the one that's the size they want it to be. And let them look at that one. Okay, I got to mention something because this is crazy. I've never heard of having to hide a fish. Usually apartments are like, hallelujah, it's just a fish. But back to the cat ladies, and I've dated some women that were, they're probably cat ladies now, but they're, they're morally and ethically wrong at apartments. And let me tell you why. You're hiding a fish. I don't see any problem with that. They should let you have the fish. It's a nice animal. It doesn't bother anybody, right? But cat ladies will hide three, four, five cats in an apartment and not pay $1 of pet rent. It's wrong, Barry. You know, unless the pet is contributing to the rent. But you're right. Buildings have, you know, strict requirements with pets. But, um, yeah. But the fish is wrong. The fish didn't do nothing. It's the size. They're thinking like the tank, because it did leak out. It did a little damage. It wasn't terrible damage, but they're concerned with the damage from all that water, you know, and Mold? No, not the mold. It's just damaging the building, going down to the apartment below me. I'm on the ninth floor. Oh, you must be a horrible neighbor. Could you imagine if you had some fish guts and water stinking up your house because the neighbor Uh, up above you? Oh, And it's salt water, no less, which is corrosive, you know? But I have insurance for it, but that's what they're worried about, you know? And when it exploded, it it wasn't terrible, the water. The amount, you know, I was able to you know, clean it up pretty quickly, but, um, yeah. Do you know, do you know your neighbors? Oh yeah. I know them pretty well. Do you know the one beneath you? Yeah. Yeah. So you told him, Hey, when you're going to the bathroom, keep an eye on the ceiling just in case a water bubble starts to form. Keep your or... eyes up there and make sure I'll tell you when my tank is don't have anything valuable below it. You know? 
Um, but the, the building, you know, it, it's in my lease agreement. It says the size. I couldn't even believe that. I didn't even know there was a size limit. You know? Your fish tank doesn't sound like it would be that big of a deal either. Um, it's I, can only see, like, I can see what they're saying. Maybe in the event of an accident, I guess it could literally flood, you know, the whole floor or something. Yeah. But don't you guys, don't you kind of own your apartments in New York? Yes, I own it. They're very, we have a board of directors and they're very strict. They're just ridiculous. Like some of them are like, you know, like bureaucrats. So the, if they say 60 and it's 70, they get it down. They're like they're pedantic about that crap. You know what I mean? Are they, are they B-holes sometimes? Yes. Okay, so one. Barry, just for fun, you know, they're never going to hear this show. Tell, tell, tell everybody what you think of your HOA. Tell them they're a bunch of B-holes on the Jesse Jameson and Friends show. Oh, they're, they're ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> they're so, they're ridiculous. They're fining us. Everyone's getting $50 fines for not wearing masks, and they have hidden cameras. They have cameras everywhere. And at the end of the day, they review the cameras and fine everyone 50 bucks if they see you without a mask. Barry, that's hardcore. Are you serious? Yeah. And they, we have a nice pool. They put blue lines around. You have to sit within these blue lines. Sit within these squares. If you're standing outside the squares for more than, you know, you can't idle outside the squares. It's, it's the craziest thing. They're just like bureaucrats, you know, like, like just crazy people, you know, just sticklers if you know what i mean <laughs> are you ready to move to texas or arizona yes are you contemplating i mean yes. obviously are, are you are you a native of new york state i'm a native new yorker but i'm ready to go to florida because things are getting rough up here you know hey there's uh, a po there's a popular restaurant out here called native new yorker where you can get shrimp and oh. all you can eat uh chicken wings and stuff yeah uh, new york's are, known for pizza too they have pizza there I mean, I really? Yeah, they, they, they do, but I don't know if it's really like world-class New York Sicilian-style pizza or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, and our but, bagels. Our bagels. Are oh, great. now see, bagels are, are something that I've grown to love. So we have this place called Chompies, and I believe the original owners have a back east. I don't know if it's New York or Boston or whatever, but I believe they have a back east origin. Um, so, Barry, God bless the world for bagels i love bagels and you want to know what my favorite filling is for bagels plain philadelphia cream cheese That's what's it? your what, what's your favorite filling for bagels i like locks i like cream cheese and locks right but you know new york is known for great bagels because of the water you know they need the water to make the bagels and we have water that comes down from the mountains and the water is incredible in new york it's hard to believe you know but it comes piped down from the mountains into the city and that has a big thing to do with the bagels you know the how, how great they are. And I love locks, bagels and locks. I've been told that that Northeast part of the country has the world's best water from all the glacial runoff and wells, right? And stuff at, up in it, the main area and stuff. And I imagine New York gets... They say it's better than bottled water even. Yeah, the water's fantastic. Must be nice. Our Arizona tap water tastes like Arizona tap water. I mean, it's really, really bad. So... Barry, um, let's say you do decide to go fishless in the future and whether you move or not, are you going, are, are you a bachelor right now? You live by yourself? Yeah. Okay. I are, live on my own. Don't is, rub it in. No, but is that something that, is that something where you think you will ultimately get a puppy or a kitten or, or a something? No, I'd like to get a girlfriend. <laughs> you know, Barry, those things, the, 
gosh, there's a lot of problems there too. You know, you can get evicted with a certain type of girlfriend. Yeah, um, maybe that's why I'm so single. I've been waiting as long as I can to, so I don't have to spend as much time with the same person. I mean, that's kind of my theory. You know? So are you hoping to meet somebody that does love animals and travel, or are you hoping to meet somebody that maybe is a little bit more, you know, ready to settle down and maybe travel less? What, what, what would be your ideal? Yeah, I'd like someone to travel with someone who's really open ended, you know, wants to do a lot of different things, you know, and just be free spirited, that kind of thing. And since I'm waiting this long, I don't have to pay for college if I have kids either. Because I won't be around when they go to college. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a very good insurance plan there, Barry. So, that's my theory. So, Barry, here's, here's the interesting thing. I talk to a lot of people, and you know, a lot of people are nice. But I think that you would be a very fun person for some lady out there because you do seem like the type that can just have a fun conversation forever. Are you a, are you a movie fan? Uh, pretty much. I mean, not going to the movies, but I do love movies. Do you have a favorite movie or so, so I can get an um, idea of how your brain works? I mean, I love Goodfellows. Uh, I love, you know, movies like that. Um, you know, maybe guy movies, military movies, stuff like that. Um, Glory was a Civil War movie. So I like historical movies. Oh, okay. So, so more historical war rather than like, like if I say Rambo or Commando, who, who, who do you go with? No, see, I don't like those type. I like some, I like the ones that are based on true stories, you know, like finding, like, uh, finding, um, private Ryan. What was that? Yeah. Saving, Saving private. private Ryan. Yeah. Movies like that. Exactly. Saving private Ryan. Um, you know, um, but what about what about Private Benjamin with Goldie Hawn? Wasn't that? No, wasn't I never that saw it. No, I don't like. Yeah, I'm not Goldie Hawn. I, I'll have a tough time with girl movies, like chick movies. Is that oh, what they call? Oh, Barry, I was I trying know, to I hook know. you up with a woman, and now you're sitting there saying we have a heart. So you're saying like the Notebook, Barry? Be honest, you saw the Notebook. Never even heard of it. Okay, good, good answer, great answer, Barry. But you know. I was tortured. I was taken to see 15 Shades of Grey, and I wanted to just jump out of my freaking skin. I, I mean, that was torture. Well, wait a minute. It's 50 Shades. It it's 50 Shades of Grey. So oh, if, if, wait, so hold on. If you only saw 15 Shades of Grey, then you probably saw most of it with your eyes and ears closed. I, yeah, I made right? it through 15. That was the problem. I didn't get to 50 because I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it anymore. That's funny. I made it to 15. Let me ask you a question. People don't really consider fish very often for pets, but obviously you're somebody that is fond of them and you're not just fond of freshwater, but also saltwater to the point where your last couple of years, you haven't even had any freshwater fish. What would you tell a parent out there that maybe has a, a young kid that maybe is a little different and doesn't want a puppy or a kitten? Would you give, give us your selling pitch for maybe getting a saltwater aquarium and something unique? You know, funny you should say that. When the movie um, Finding Nemo came out, which are clownfish, kids ran to the aquarium with their parents, forcing their parents to get them a clownfish because it was Nemo. You cannot, a, a, a clownfish is not a goldfish. You can't put a saltwater fish. You can't just throw. It's very involved. It's extremely involved. I wouldn't recommend a parent set up a saltwater for their kid unless they're the ones taking care of it. A goldfish is something different. Freshwater is different. But saltwater with a Nemo, the poor Nemo's all got killed. All the clownfish got killed after that movie came out because the kids had to have one. 
But if yeah. the goldfish dies, Barry, you're telling people don't flush it down the toilet, or is it okay if it is dead to flush it down the toilet? After it's dead, it's fine. But if you're euthanizing it because it's dying, it'll still be alive when it's in that toilet. Barry, that- I still don't know how you can prove that a fish needs to be euthanized. If it's not dead, it's alive. <laughs> but listen, I want everyone to know that, Barry, you were so fun. You got to promise. Will you come back in the future and tell us some more stories, Barry? hundred percent. I, would I love, love it. I love it. So everybody come back next week for another show on Jesse Jameson and friends until then have a wonderful week out there. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Jesse Jameson and friends. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Be sure to tune in again next week for another great story. Jesse Jameson and Friends is heard every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Jesse Jameson and Friends is a proud presentation of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. All rights reserved.